Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday Check-In. Uh, I am Damon Heitman. I'm one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, and you are actually Damon Jensen Heitman. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I don't mean to correct you, sir, it's but... It's going to be bad. Uh, <laughs> Not bad, but less than ideal. Apparently, our conversations about the hyphenated last names did uh, were listened to by some of our loyal listeners last week because I've had a number of people approach me and say, Greg, we didn't realize that Alan was Jessica's last name and that you took it when you got married. We thought that was just your middle name. Uh, and you hyphenated and, it with your last name. I guess. And so now, now <laughs> they know. The word is out. I have a hyphenated last name. Damon has a hyphenated last name. Uh, mm-hmm. It's apparently a thing. <laughs> Uh, speaking of middle names, did you know that the S in Harry S. Truman doesn't stand for anything? It's just an initial. It's just S. So there you go. Learned that the other day. <laughs> uh, this is the Monday check-in, and uh, what we'll do here eventually is uh, we'll take a little preview of this upcoming Sunday, um, at least at, at first pres. So we'll read through the scriptures. Uh, This upcoming Sunday is World Communion Sunday, so Greg has picked out a couple of communion Eucharist-focused scripture passages for us. So we'll read through those. We'll have a little chat about them. And then following that, uh, we'll transition into a few announcements about the life uh, at First Pres, the life of the church, and what's going on. And and there are a couple of things going on that folks uh, probably really want to be aware of. So how's that for a teaser for announcements (laughs) i think it's great and people will stay tuned to hear the announcements because they're exciting yeah for sure uh so that's the welcome next thing on the agenda is the prayer uh would you mind if i do that please all right let us join together in a moment of prayer loving and gracious god as we gather together in this way i thank you for your sustenance the things that sustain us um the air that we breathe, the meals that we eat, the fellowship and friends and and family that we are able to enjoy, your spirit, which moves through us, which carries us forward for the gift of grace that is known to us in the holy sacraments through the breaking of bread, through the fruit of the vine, through the sprinkling of water upon someone's forehead. Thank you, O God for your gifts of grace that sustain us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. The first passage that we have this day comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 18 through 26, if you're following along at home. Uh, This is part of Paul's writing, and it reads something like this. For to begin with, when you came together as a church, When you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. Indeed, there have to be factions among you, for only so will it become clear who among you are genuine. When you come together, it is not really to eat the Lord's Supper. For when the time comes to eat, each of you goes ahead with your own supper, and one goes hungry and another becomes drunk. What? Do you not have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you show contempt for the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I commend you? 
In this matter, I do not commend you. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Here ends this reading. And our second reading comes to us from the Gospel of John at chapter 6, and this is verses 28 through 35. Then they said to him, what must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, what sign are you going to give us then so that we may see it and believe it? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it was my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Here ends this reading. Amen. Yeah, so two readings that focus on sacraments. Um, And as Damon said, this is uh, what we call World Communion Sunday. This is uh, something that was declared by the uh, World Communion of Reformed Churches, the WCRC. Uh, and encouraging churches all around the world on this particular Sunday to uh, share the sacrament of communion, but also to recognize that they're sharing it at the same time as uh, their sisters and brothers all over the world who are part of uh, Protestant or Reformed churches. So I decided that we would focus a little bit on the sacrament this, uh, this week. Um, and it, for a couple of reasons. One, we haven't been able to gather in person and share the sacraments in the way we normally do uh, since March. The The first Sunday of March was the last time that we did this. So we're now coming up on, I think, if my math is right, seven months. It's March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Seven months of not gathering in person to share the sacraments. And, uh, and we've We've done them remotely, which has been an interesting experience. Uh, But all of that tied in with this theme of living love that we've been thinking about and reflecting on for the past four weeks made me uh, maybe want to talk a little bit about sacraments this week. So Mm -hmm. what do you think? (laughs) Well, you talk about we've, we've taken a couple opportunities to be sort of creative with how we are sharing communion with one another and we you know we invite folks who are staying at home for worship to 
to have some bread handy or crackers or you know maybe to have some grapes <laughs> from breakfast or, um, and some grape juice or, or that sort of thing um, and we participated in worship and in communion while being separated we've had folks drive through and park in the parking lot and we've given those little individual uh, communion serving things um, but there has always been this this layer of separation built into however we have tried to do those right um, even those of us who are able to be in the sanctuary together um, we still we use the individual cups and so even like we're not really eating the same bread we're not really participate like partaking of the same cup um, so there's this this layer of separation sort of built into it um, which in some ways sort of reflects a part of the idea of world communion sunday right that that we are persuading in communion with churches in Haiti and in Europe and wherever else, right? Um, but there is this separation baked into it. Um, and so in, in some ways, what our experience of communion will be this Sunday is in some ways sort of reflective of that, the experience of, of world communion every year, <laughs> which which actually every Sunday is World Communion Sunday, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, that, and that despite that separation that we are still united in the body of Christ, that we, we are still part of that one spirit sort of thing. Um, and there's also this whole idea of separation going on in Paul's writing to the Corinthians. Right? I actually like how contentious this passage starts. <laughs> he's, he's not really thrilled with the, the folks in Corinth you have they seem to be I don't know if they're feigning going about serving communion with one another if they don't really understand the practice uh, if, if they're claiming to be united but their actions display something entirely different um, and the, when they go to eat the Lord's Supper they don't actually eat because they, they go to their own houses uh, some eat a lot, others in the community go hungry, um, that, that their practice together is not reflective of this unity in Christ, I guess. Um, and he's not cool with it. <laughs> yeah, and I think, uh, gosh, here, what, five weeks out from an election, it feels in many ways like our practice together as Christians is not reflective of the unity in Christ that we are called to um, and the way that we are talking to and about each other and the way that we are treating each other and uh, the way that we're watching our politicians treat one another and others uh, does not feel consistent. And one could write that off. Well, that's politics, that's secular, but those of us who claim the mantle of Christian faith, should recognize that our Christianity and, and our, our need for grace and also our call to share grace and love with others um, should permeate every aspect of our lives. And so even if we work in a field that is secular, that doesn't mean we check our faith at the door. Um, mm -hmm. And so whether it's our formal work or whether it's also the, 
debates we're engaging in around politics, our faith should still be informing how we do that. Uh, and in fact, our faith should take priority in how we do that. Because this commitment to be a Christ follower is an all-in commitment. We are giving our lives. And so that should then change how we engage with other parts of the world, including these secular things like politics. It doesn't matter, right? Our faith should still be part of how we do that. And our, the way that we treat each other, the way that we are recipients of God's grace, and the way that we then are reflective of and giving that grace out into the world um, should be a part of that. And man, does it feel like it's in short supply these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, this, <laughs> Paul writes here, uh, to begin with, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. What do you think? <laughs> is, it a, is it a community of people? Do you think that there might be some divisions <laughs> among them? Um, but then to, but then to sort of to to live into those divisions, uh, to and to let those divisions affect how the community practices their faith together how they practice communion of all things together. I think that's the really troubling part. Um, and when we, uh, and they, when we start to see within our own communities, with our own congregations, with our own families, um, when, we, when we start to let those divisions affect how we go about our faith, how we go about the work of the church, um, well, I'm not going to be on it. And I'm just, I'm totally just making up examples right at this point, right? Like I'm not going to be on a committee with so-and-so, or I'm going to sit on the other side of the church from so-and-so or um, whatever the case may be. And when we start to let those divisions or perceived divisions um, affect how we live out our faith or how we approach one another, how we think about one another, who we let go hungry, who we don't let go hungry, um, then, then that is the, that seems to be the real problem or the real issue, I think, that Paul has here with the folks in Corinth. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And, and, and then Paul offers a solution or a remedy to that, which is get back to the basics, yeah. right? Let's remember how this Last Supper was instituted. Let's remember the words that Jesus used to institute it, which we call the words of institution. And, uh, and let's remember what this thing is all about, which is a sign and symbol of God's grace for us, right. which we are recipients of. Yeah. And, and when he's, and I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, yeah, like, go ahead. when he's setting it up, like I'm looking at verse 23, um, like when he is setting up this reminder of what communion is, um, he includes in there this a reference to division, right? For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread and gave thanks and broke it and said, this is my body for you, right? So this is one of those things that I'm oftentimes compelled by is, I mean, if that's not a division within the upper room, then I, <laughs> I don't know what would count as a division. Um, and yet, and yet there was this meal that they shared together, right? That, that, that 
is is just there um, to some extent. Yeah. Yeah, and then the the passage from uh, from John, I just thought, uh, well, it ties it back into the sermon series that we've uh, that we've been studying over the last uh, last few weeks because we we did look at the story of the Israelites being provided for uh, in the wilderness by God, the provision of manna, and uh, Jesus just takes that and and turns it so you can see what it's really all about. And the disciples are like, well, Moses provided manna in the wilderness for the Israelites. Jesus is like, that wasn't Moses. <laughs> that was God. <laughs> and guess what? God has provided me for you. I am the bread of heaven. And whoever eats of this will have eternal life. And, and so there's all of a sudden this, uh, I, I love the connection to the story of the provision for the Israelites in the wilderness, the reorienting for the disciples, that it wasn't Moses who provided. Moses pointed the way, but it was God who provided, right? Mm-hmm. And and now God is providing for you yet again with this bread that is being offered. Um, and and yeah, Jesus, I am the bread of life. So for the Israelites, the bread of life was that manna that sustained them in the wilderness. And now we have this, this bread of life that sustains us for our wilderness journey. Um, and the disciples know they're they're about to, well, take a wilderness journey, uh, which is going to be one of watching Jesus' persecution and death and crucifixion and, and resurrection. And then here we are. Yeah. And there's also, I like that you pointed out that this, that they seem to have conflated Moses with God, right? And our tendency to conflate sort of the 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 hero the individual hero the individual hero with the larger um the larger thing um with god um, or with the larger cause or um whatever whatever the case may be um i think that and there's something in there in me that is when we were talking about the earlier passage, um, you mentioned, you said our, our politicians, right? Um, and you didn't say our leaders. And I thought that that was an, I liked that distinction because <laughs> the, the two are not the same. Um, and so maybe in an ideal world, they would be, but they're not <laughs> always, right? Uh, and, and to conflate Moses with God, the two are not the same. Um, Moses is led by God, inspired by God, directed by God, um, but is not God um, in the in the same way. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it'll be, I think, a good experience to for us to reflect a little bit on the sacrament, uh, knowing that others around the world are reflecting on it. I I may have mentioned this at World Communion Sunday last year, the year before, but um, four years ago on World Communion Sunday, I was celebrating the sacrament in Syria. Um, I had crossed the border from Lebanon into Syria the day before and uh, was at a church in, in Syria. And um, how meaningful it was to be celebrating that sacrament with Syrian Christians who were in the middle of a civil war and also experiencing some persecution. And uh, the hope that they found in that shared meal. And I my desire is to 
carry and share some of that hope with, uh, with others. Um, and so I, I, may, I might talk a little bit about that on Sunday. I'm not sure yet, but um, that was a particularly meaningful time for me. I, I, was, I was asked to say the prayer of blessing over the communion elements. Uh, and there was somebody standing right next to me, the pastor of the church, who was uh, translating my prayer into Arabic. Um, and I, I'm not going to ever forget that particular moment. Um, it was a powerful moment for me. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting how the how the faith not necessarily changes, but takes on new meaning, takes on greater depth. Um, once you st- once you sort of start to encounter all of these different circumstances and situations, um, and we can say that about the, our own individual lives certainly, but once yeah. you start to consider the different the wide range of circumstances and situations for people of faith all throughout the world. And they, in the midst of that, are able to find meaning and depth through this particular faith tradition. And once you start to get sort of a picture of that and an understanding of it, then it adds a whole new set of of layers and dimension to the faith for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's one of the, the gifts of World Communion Sunday to be reminded of that. And I think um, if I can get it to work, uh, more like if Eric Nielsen can get it to work, uh, we will be hearing some uh, voices of our global partners as part of our worship service uh, on Sunday. Um, Our wonderful Presbyterian mission workers who are serving around the world uh, spent uh, the last six months putting together videos of global partners doing different aspects of the service for World Communion Sunday, which we will hopefully incorporate into our service. And so you all will be able to hear some of those voices and, and some of those perspectives uh, as we reflect on our own perspective and our own need for grace and our own call to, to be sharing grace in the world. So. Yeah. so it sounds like you think that there's something in here that'll preach. I, I think we can probably figure something out. So I but if, if I get stumped by Thursday, I'll just pitch it to you and let you take it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So I'll get some notes prepared just in case. Sounds good. <laughs> some starter seeds. There we go. Well, let's uh, let's move into our time of announcements, and uh, and I think there's some exciting things happening in the life of the church that we want to share with you and make sure you're aware of. Uh, the first is our uh, our new worship schedule for the month of October. So session met last week. And they determined, uh, based upon case counts in our region, as well as the fact that our health department has moved the risk needle dial to elevated, uh, moved from moderate to elevated, that we want to continue to suspend in-person worship inside our sanctuary. But we've also been delighting in our worship in the park services, which is giving us an opportunity to worship in person face-to-face. And we've done that now for nine weeks in a row. God has provided us with great uh, weather and the shook eyes have provided us with great sound to do those services. And so, uh, session said, let's continue that through October, but recognize that it's going to get colder. And so they're going to shift the time of that service. So starting in October for the four weeks of October, weather, I mean, pending good weather, we will do, uh, our stay at home worship service, 1030 to 1130. And then we will do our worship in the park service from 1130 to 1215 ish. Um, Usually that service has been running about 45 minutes. And so uh, if you want to come to in-person worship, we invite you to do so. Just come at 1130 
on Sunday morning. And if uh, one of us is tied up finishing up the 1030 service, the other one will run out and get the 1130 service started and then we'll be joined and it should be great. So that's it. Worship in the park starting at 1130 for the month of October. And we'll see how that goes uh, with the weather and all that stuff. So that's great. And we're excited about that. Um, what else? What are we going to be serving at Worship in the Park next Sunday, Damon? Well, we believe that we will have some, you know, if you're, if you're a, a late, I guess it'd be a kind of a late brunch. <clears throat> but uh, we, we have some, some extra cinnamon rolls from our the Grow and Serve stock sale fundraiser. And so the idea is we're going to have them cooked up have them warm and ready and available for folks to, uh, to purchase individual cinnamon rolls uh, as, part, as part of the fundraiser for uh, what we hope will be our trip this coming summer. So, um, so if you think that you might like to have a cinnamon roll at the 1130 worship service on Sunday, probably for the next two or three Sundays maybe, just depending on how quickly they go, um, you may want to bring a little bit, bit of cash uh, with you for that. All right. Cinnamon rolls after worship in the park. That'll be great. Uh, additionally, at our Worship in the Park service, you will see a large bin for the coat drive. We are doing our coat drive once again. We've placed bins around the community collecting winter coats, which we will uh, then sort and wash and then provide for our community members, and we're going to do that uh, in mid-October. So if you can get your coats to the church by October 14th, uh, you can bring them by the church office anytime between 8.30 and 4.30, Monday through Friday. Or if you come to our Worship in the Park service, you can bring them to that, and there will be a bin for you to drop them in up until October 14th. And then our middle school students have to sort and get them set up uh, for the distribution, which I believe will be October 17th, the same day as United Harvest. Um, quick update on Christian ed. You guys have heard this before, but we want to keep reiterating it. Uh, our pre-K through fifth grade Christian ed is remote. Uh, we sent packets home to every family with a child in that age group. And then each week we are producing a video, one for the pre-K through second grade, one through the third through fifth grade. It's your favorite Sunday school teachers doing these amazing videos. Our uh, director of Christian Ed, Steph Brader, has become a video editor in addition to the other list of duties she has as director of Christian Ed, and she's doing a great job editing these videos together as well. So that's pre-K through fifth grade. You've got a packet that has uh, stuff each week and then a video that comes out on Friday, and you and your family can sit and do that either on Sunday mornings as you would for Sunday school or throughout the week. Uh, that's pre-K through five. Five, uh, middle school and high school, uh, we're doing youth group in person on Wednesday nights, 7 to 8 p.m. Middle school is meeting in the basement of the church. High school is meeting in the high school youth room. Just like the schools, we are requiring face masks and social distancing. And Damon, how is youth group going? Uh, it's going really well. We've met twice now. So yeah, we've just been having a good time. So. Good. Glad we're back doing that in person. Mm -hmm. And we will continue to do that so long as the schools are open if the schools decide that they need to close or go remote, we'll uh, reconsider what we're doing for youth group. Um, and then finally, if anyone is listening who has thought about wanting to join a Presbyterian church, now's your opportunity. Uh, this Saturday at- But not Curry just any Presbyterian church. Well, I mean, you could sit in our new members class and join another Presbyterian church, I suppose. It Can would be you? up to that pastor. I don't oh. know. Mm. I don't know. 
Is that a is that a service we want to start offering? How do you congregationalists do this anyway? <laughs> <laughs> well, congregationalists, I think you you know you gotta you gotta go to that congregation. Then. Yeah, I, I would think about about half of our new members class would be generally applicable to any Presbyterian church in the United States. Uh, almost two thirds actually right. would be generally applicable. And then the last third is where we drill down on the specifics of membership in First Pres Hastings. So anyways, if you've wondered what it's like to be a Presbyterian or are interested in joining the church, we invite you to join us. It's this Saturday out at Prairie Loft at 9 a.m. Prairie Loft has a nice big uh, classroom called the Pavilion. Uh, we'll be able to have social distancing and, and face masks, and they even have garage doors on there. If it's warm enough, we can get some great fresh breeze blowing through there. And we will meet from 9 until 1.30. We will serve you lunch. And at the end of that, should you choose to want to become a member of the church, we'll get you uh, squared away for that. So that's what's happening in the life of our church. Anything else that I've missed? Um, the only other thing that I can think of is um, we are starting to put the forum, uh, yes. the recordings of our forum, our adult ed forum hour up onto both our YouTube page and our SoundCloud page. The SoundCloud is audio only, but um, Dan Duffabaugh's, He's been doing a great job with this. We've been doing it via Zoom and he's been doing a great job. He always, he's got a PowerPoint and he's got screen share figured out. So he's got uh, helpful visuals uh, to go along there that everybody can see. And um, so we're, we'll get the third part of the three part um, journey to the God of love uh, forum series up hopefully today, hopefully this afternoon. Um, but if folks are curious about those, they can check them out um, via YouTube or SoundCloud. So. Awesome. Thanks for uh, doing that, Damon. Uh, yeah, and we're going to, our church's YouTube channel is exploding with content, and we're going to hopefully create a site that uh, allows that easily accessible and easy to find. So we're working on that right now. All right, can I uh, close this with a word of prayer? I, I believe you can, but let's find out. All right, <laughs> let's pray. Gracious God. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity that you give us to reflect on your scripture, for the opportunity that you give us to do that using this platform and to share it uh, so that others can also reflect on your holy word for us. This week, we reflect on your sacrament of communion and the grace that is present in that meal that we share, the grace which you give to us, and the grace which we are called to share with others. May communion inspire all of us to be sharers of grace in the world. May we lead with our faith as we interact in the world, no matter what place that is, no matter what it is that we're talking about. May our faith inform our words and our values and our actions. May it really be who we are. Continue to bless and guide each of our journeys and bless and guide the preparation this week for uh, World Communion Sunday, for the sermon and May each person's heart and mind be opened to the message you have for them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So there you go. Until next time, toodaloo.